Hey, welcome to church, everyone. And not just any church, Sandals Church, where we have this awesome vision of being real with ourselves, God, and others. What, a church that wants to be real? Yep, that's us. My name is Jeff, and I get to pastor our online community, which is here to serve people like you all over the world. Maybe you are new or you're checking us out for the first time. We'd love to connect with you and say hi. If you are in the chats, let us know that this is your first time by typing one in the comments. Or you can always go to sandalschurch.com next, and my team would love to connect with you. And whether you're new or you're joining us for the first time or just now, or you join us every week, we would love to hear where you're watching from. Just let us know in the comments section. We would love to celebrate how God got us all the way to where you are. And friends, we love the church which means we love you. And we love this time of tuning in each week to hear a powerful message and sing songs to our Creator. This can be done on your own, but life was never meant to be lived alone, and neither was church. The best way to experience this service is to invite a friend, neighbor, coworker, family member, or maybe your roommate to watch with you. And if you want to invite someone to watch with you who isn't nearby, you can always send them to this link to watch the service anytime at move.se slash watch with me. We are going to spend some time now singing and everybody sings, even if it's in the shower, we all sing. It's not about singing well, it's about thanking God and singing to the one who saved us from our mess. It's time to sing, it's time to worship. Let's do that right now. Church, we serve a good, mighty and faithful God. So right now, let's put away the distractions. Let's forget what's going on in the world and let's focus on his goodness and his faithfulness. Let's give him all the praise and honor he deserves. Come on. Yeah, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me.
I love spending time in worship. For me, it always declutters whatever I brought into that time with me, and it just sets me up to be ready for whatever God has for me to hear from Him during the message. Guys, if you have kids, this is a perfect time to go to kids.sandalschurch.tv and click on our brand new weekly kids service option we have developed just for them. If you have high schoolers or middle schoolers in your home, don't worry. We have something for the whole family. They can watch this service with you now, but later on this week, they can go to Sandals Church Youth page on YouTube where there is something for them. Well, after this election week here in the United States, I think we definitely need to hear how to respond and how to make sense of this political outcome. We are deep in this election series and here with another message is our lead pastor, Pastor Matt Brown. Hey guys, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Well, I hope you're alive. And uh, I don't know how you're feeling right now, but either side, uh, regardless of who you voted for, I think you're a little anxious. I know we're all anxious. And uh, I don't know why we didn't expect this. I mean, if 2020 has done anything, it has been consistent, amen? And it doesn't care how we feel and it wants to increase our anxiety. So I wanna talk today about how to make sense of political outcomes. And let me just tell you this, it's not the events in life that drive you crazy. It's the meaning you attach to them. Let me say that again, it's not the events of life that drive you crazy. It's the meaning you attach to them. And so regardless of what side you're on, if you voted for Biden, uh, you voted for Trump, or you voted for somebody else, as you watch the news come in about who our president was going to be, you found yourself saying, what does this mean? What does this mean for my finances? What does this mean for my family? What does this mean for my future? What does this mean for our country? And it's the meaning that drives us crazy. And so we gotta take a step back. And I want you to know that uh, I wrote this sermon the day after the election, and uh, I was just as anxious as you are because I'm a human being. I know that's hard for you to believe, but I am just like you and I have feelings too. And so I'm here today and, and I need this sermon as much as you do. And I think really, I know a lot of you are ready for, okay, let's just get beyond this and let's move on beyond this. But if we wanna fix the mess we're in, and you have to admit, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, this is a mess. The next two weekends are so important as we look at how differently God views a political process and God views a political campaign. Because God wants to do something very different. And so I just want you to think about this and be reminded about this. I had a Christian uh, who was a big time Trump supporter that was just devastated. And they said, you know, Pastor Matt, I prayed for Trump to win. I don't understand why God didn't hear my prayer. So whether you voted for Trump or Biden, uh, you know, whether you're disappointed or excited, I want you to know there, there, there's a great conversation in the Bible when we're frustrated with God, when we're mad that God doesn't make sense. Let me tell you, who is always guilty when it comes to not making sense. It's you, it's me. Amen, have I mean, you ever done that? You're like, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I go there? We're the one that's in confusion. God is not in confusion. 
And so there's this great book that gives you 37 chapters where you get to look at this poor guy named Job. And you're like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And why is this happening? And then verse 38, God speaks. And God says this, then the Lord answered Job out of this storm. It was 2020 apparently. The Lord answered Job out of this storm. And here's what God says to Job, one of the most righteous people on the face of the earth. God said to Job, who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? You know what God just said? Who do you think you are? Who do you presume to know what I'm doing, to know what I'm planning? You have no idea what I'm up to. And God just literally goes on to slap Job on each side of the cheek for a whole chapter. Were you there when I put the heavens where they are? Were you there when I put the earth where it is? You have no idea what I'm doing because you have no idea who I am, Job. And one of the reasons we're frustrated with God is we don't know God. And we all, we've gotta go back to our knees and say, God, I need you in this process. Because either way, whether Trump is victorious or Biden is victorious, they're both human beings, which means we're in trouble. And we need God. So let's talk about, well, how do, how do I make sense of this election that really seems so senseless? In order to make sense of political outcomes, whether today, tomorrow, in, or in the future, I gotta realize a couple things. Number one, God cares more about personal sin than the political win. You see, we're all wrapped up in W's, right? We're, we're the country of W's. We wanna win. We don't even care. You got a silver medal, get out of the way, right? Michael Phelps or nothing. We don't care about who came in second. That's our sin. God cares about the personal sin, not about the political win. And I can prove it to you because the people of God are successful. God tells Joshua, wherever you go, as long as you follow me, as long as you don't shift to the left or to the right, and I don't care who you are, you're to the left or you're to the right. God tells Joshua, follow me. As long as you do that, you'll be victorious. And the Israelites go into Jericho. They smoke them, man. It's not even close. They didn't even have to fight. God just destroys the entire city with an earthquake. They literally run in, completely destroy the entire city. And, and here's the thing I want you to see. There must have been no casualties. And you're gonna maybe understand why I think that in just a minute. But Israel was successful. They won, but God's not happy. They were victorious, but they were not victors. And here's why. They didn't listen to God. So in Joshua chapter six, God, right, God's great. We get the chocolate cake. We won, they lost, you know, our side. We're all puffed, you know, chest out, you know, we're hardcore, right? And all of a sudden in Joshua chapter seven, verse one, the Bible says this, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart, apart for the Lord. Israel. Israel had done something wrong in this. God gave very specific instructions. And I want you to know, that's why this weekend and next weekend, maybe the two most important chapters you will ever, ever hear me talk about when it comes to how to really change our political climate. Because I think that there's something that you've missed that's wrong with the left and the right, but you gotta come back next week. So let's jump right back into where we are right now. You see, there was a man named Achan and he had stolen some of the dedicated things to the Lord, excuse me, uh, from the Lord. And so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Some of you are celebrating your potential victory and some of you are mourning your loss, but God looks at something far deeper than the outcome. He looks at the character of his people. And so many of you, you're, you're, you're so concerned about where America's going. 
What does this mean about America? What does it mean about our values? What does it mean about our culture? Oh my gosh, is America going to hell? Let me tell you something. America is going to hell by about 1% per year. 1% per year of our population is leaving the church and never coming back. And some of you don't care at all about that. You only care about politics. Political outcomes will always be the result of America's spiritual health. When America is spiritual healthy, the outcomes will be healthy. When we are spiritually broken, I don't care who's in the office, we're gonna be broken. And let me just tell you this. Some of you, man, you're on your campaign. You're just rip snorting, you know? I mean, you're like Donald Trump, you know, you're just, you're, you're just fired up, right, all the time. I want you to know this. If we're not careful as Christians, we could become worse than the evil we're fighting. Some of the greatest ills ever committed have been in the name of God and in the name of good. In the name of God, if you're religious, and in the name of good, if you're a secularist. It's amazing how much evil we can accomplish as human beings when we're just trying to help everybody. I want you to know, corruption is not a partisan issue. It's a human issue. It's a human issue. It's everywhere because people are everywhere. And here's the thing, Israel was going into the promised land and some of you guys have a difficulty. Well, I don't understand why the Lord killed all these poor, innocent Canaanites because they weren't poor and they certainly weren't innocent. They had destroyed the promised land. Look, God lets people do whatever they want, wherever they want, except his promised land. He dedicated this place for him. He dedicated it as a place for people to worship God and connect with him, for people to be set apart. And the Canaanites went berserk. Here's the thing you need to know. The Israelites got worse. Second Kings 21.9 says this, but they, the Israelites, did not listen. They didn't listen to God so that they did worse evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. And I wanna to speak to some of the young liberals in our church. You condemn America's past, but you make it, may make it worse with your present attitude. You gotta look at yourself. You gotta look at yourself. Oh, it's easy to condemn the people that came before us, but look at the mess we're creating. We've got to be so careful whether we're young and excited on the left or old and just grumpy on the right. We gotta watch ourselves. We gotta watch ourselves because in the name of God, we can commit great evil. Do you know why the Jewish leadership killed Jesus? Because they believed Jesus was against God. They were so righteous, so religious, so caught up in their ways, they missed God's way and they killed God's son. Not only did they kill him, they said when Jesus raised a child from the dead. Do you know what I was doing this week when you were pacing back and forth about the outcome of the election? I was visiting a family in our church, a family in our church who got news from the doctor that their six-year-old daughter, their six-year-old daughter has an incurable disease and possibly will not ever reach adulthood. and you're all focused on politics. You know what the dad did? He looked me in the eyes and he said, I'd give it all up to save her. Some of you are so mad about your 401k. You're so mad about more taxes that you're gonna have to pay. Let me tell you something, in the end, none of that matters. None of that matters. We gotta be so, so careful because there's a lot at stake here and we gotta be reminded when we get so caught up in the world, we can become more evil than the world.
some of the most egregious sins ever committed by mankind has been by popes. Do you understand that? And I'm not anti-Catholic. I'm just being honest about humans. Just because you wear God's shirt doesn't mean you're on God's team. And that's why you need to go back and you need to understand what is supposed to be at the center of everything that Joshua does, the 10 commandments. And, and the, the most important commandment for us as Christians today is this command, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. It doesn't mean that you use God's name as a cuss word. It means that you use God's name for power and your glory and you use God to commit evil. That's what that command is about. Jesus says this, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own eye? You ever seen a booger in somebody's nose? <laughs> right, that's distracting, isn't it? It's distracting. Boy, we can see the faults in everybody, can't we? I mean, we just can. One of my favorite movies from the 90s, and remember, I'm a sinner, so I apologize but it's this spy, right? He's got bad teeth, but all he can see is the mole on a person's face. And he's like, mole, 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 mole. Why is it that we are so focused on the flaws of others? One time we, when my kids were little, we went to a museum and the poor lady that was, I don't know if she was poor, the wonderful lady that was giving us our tour had a gigantic zit right on her upper lip. And at the end of our tour, the lady says, does anyone have any questions? And my four-year-old had a question. And her question was, what's wrong with your lip? <laughs> right, parents? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the poor old lady, man, she said, well, that's a blemish. Yes. Thank you all. We're all better for discovering what that is on your face. Isn't it amazing? You could have boogers in both your nostrils, but you can't see them. You can't see them. Man, I'm getting older now. Now I got nose hairs that grow like grass on a lawn. <laughs> Isn't that crazy old guys, right? Our hair gets thin up here, but boy, you want to know where it goes? Out here, <laughs> out. I can wake up in the morning with nothing and come home from work and I grew a tree. All day long, I'm walking around, right? <laughs> Talking to people. Take me seriously. I'm a pastor, you know? I mean, what am I, a lobster feeling my way through life? But all day long, I judge people. I judge people. I mean, we can't see ourselves. We can't. Jesus says, why is it that we only see what's wrong with everyone else? Let me tell you something. More people voted in this election than any election in history. I am blown away at the amount of people that voted. That's exciting. What's terrifying is we all seem to think the country needs to go in a different direction. Look, when we only see the sins of others, listen, this is key. You know why so many people are voting today? Listen to this. And this is good, not just because I'm preaching it. This is good. <laughs> when we only see the sins of others, we run to the polls to vote. When we see our sins, we run to the cross. Do you understand the difference? Do you know why more Americans are voting today than ever before? Because less Americans than ever before go to church. We used to put our faith in God. Now we put our faith in elections. So why are you so anxious? Where are you running to? I had to tell myself time and time again, 
as the news came in, as I, I felt like I was on this emotional roller coaster, I had to just tell myself, I gotta get back on my knees. My wife and I, we prayed before we went to bed on the night of the election and we prayed together when we woke up the day after the election. You see, some of you went to the polls, but you haven't yet gone to God. And we still don't know the outcome, but I know who does. Right, there's not CNN in heaven. There's not Fox News in heaven. There's not Blaze TV. Right, there's not Twitter. There's no angel tweeting to God. God already knows the outcome. And he's inviting you to come to him. Some of you are so upset. You're so upset. Well, the Democrats stole it. The Republicans are stealing it. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Do you know who cheats in elections? Democrats. Do you know who else cheats in elections? Republicans. And do you know why I know that? Because I don't just tune in every four years. People cheat. Do you know what Republicans and Democrats have in common? They're both sinners. You're like, that's why I'm a libertarian. Well, you're clueless. Okay, if you guys could have made a decision, we wouldn't be here, amen? Good Lord. Thank you for helping us out. In order to make sense of political outcomes, I gotta understand this. Man, this is huge. God is willing to let anyone lose to save souls. Oh God, what did you do? God will let anybody lose, including Joshua. God will let you lose. And let me tell you something, parents. You want to raise good kids, don't get in the way of them failing. Some of you moms, I'm going to make life perfect for my child. No wonder they can't ever become an adult. Because we learn so much more from failure, don't we, than from success. I can't tell you the times I've been successful, I have not become more like Jesus. Man. It was pride that made the devil who he is. And if you're not careful, you, you, gotta, you gotta let your kids experience failure. They're not gonna be great at everything and that's okay. Joshua chapter seven, verses two through five. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho. Remember, they conquered Jericho, destroyed Jericho, total wipeout, right? Nobody can stand before us. You know how we know? We sang, I can't even hold a tune, but the walls came down. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out on the town of Ai. Now, some of you, you read your Bibles way too quick. I want you to watch what the author does here. Whoever put this book together is very, very concerned that you and I know exactly what we're talking about. And you know how I can prove it? Listen to this. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Bethaven. He wants us to know where this was so we don't forget it. When they returned, they told Joshua, listen to this, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 circle it men to attack Ai. How many men did they need to defeat Jericho? None, they just needed God. What's missing from this entire paragraph? The word God. Since there are so few of them, don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. No, 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 no. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. Like they won the Super Bowl and then they got wiped out in preseason. What happened? They were completely destroyed. They went from undefeated to can't even whip anybody. 
What happened? The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries. And they killed about 36 people who were retreating down the slope. Oh my gosh, 36 people died. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear. Would we be talking about COVID if 36 people died? No. We'd be like, it's your time. But it's hundreds of thousands, so we're freaking out. The Israelites are freaking out because 36 people died in a battle. I'd have been like, well, I think that happens when you fight. But you know, whatever. They're freaking out. Listen to this. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at the turn of events and their courage melted away. And that's what's happened to some of you guys this week. Oh my gosh, we lost the election. We won the election. We lost the election. And your courage has completely melted away. I want you to know, God told the people of Israel, if you follow me, the land is yours. And you know why it was theirs? Because it was already God's. If you just follow me. But Joshua made three critical mistakes. Three critical mistakes. Number one mistake, he acted arrogantly and every Democrat, like Trump, and also like Hillary Clinton in 2016. You know why Hillary Clinton lost? She thought it wasn't even a competition. She didn't even show up. She didn't even campaign in Michigan. Did you know that? She didn't. She didn't. Both sides act arrogantly. Both sides. We all act arrogantly. Listen to what they said. There's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 of us to attack I. We don't need anybody. We certainly don't need God. You know what I means in Hebrew? This is funny. I means ruins. Ruins. Let me translate it. Dump. Giant trash can. Pathetic. Worthless. You know what this means? These people didn't even have a wall. You see, Jericho was a completely fortified city. There was no way that the Jews could ever get in there. Couldn't, they could never get in there. So now there's no wall. So they think, we don't need God. We don't need God. And let me tell you something. This is why I think if Donald Trump loses, some of you Republicans needed him to lose because if he won, you would think America was great. America's not great. America has immense problems regardless of who's in the office. And, and many of us, when our man or woman is in office, we feel like we can just rest, relax, and we don't ever need God anymore. Let me tell you something if you're a Republican. Here's what you need to know. You need to know that we need God. And I wish, can I just confront you? I wish that you guys would donate as much of your time, your energy to your church as you do to your politics. Some of you guys, you don't eat, you don't sleep, you don't miss a tweet, but how many sermons have you skipped this year? Oh, I gotta hear what Trump says, but I don't need to hear what God's saying. Proverbs 16, 19 says this, pride goes before destruction. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. I think pride destroyed Hillary Clinton. I think that's why our country, country rejected her. It wasn't just that they wanted Trump. I think she had appointed herself as queen and I don't think America liked that. And gosh, if I could be friends with Donald Trump. I'm not, don't panic Democrats. Like, I gotta go to another church. I would just tell him, you became the president, now act like him. Now act like him. And listen to me if you're a Christian. 
It's not just the policies we hold, but it's how we communicate those policy that matters. I actually think a lot of what Donald Trump was doing is gonna help cities like San Bernardino, cities like Moreno Valley. I feel like we really, really did need to take a look at free trade. I think that some of our poorest, most vulnerable Americans have been devastated by the Republican and Democratic policies of free trade that isn't free. I've traveled the world. Every nation is protectionist except America because we're dumb. And I wanted those poor people, people of color, women of color to be lifted up and to be given an opportunity rather than telling everybody they need to go to college and get $200,000 in debt and then figure out what they want to do. I don't think that's been helpful. And so I think that there were a lot of things that Donald Trump was saying that we needed to hear. I think he always said it the wrong way, the wrong way. And you gotta watch what you're saying. Some of you guys, you, 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 you have some opinions, you have some ideas, but how is it coming out of your mouth? Like, what if I told you, I just love you so much. Do you believe me? Do you believe me? I would have loved to have seen Joe Biden's teleprompter on the election eve. I guarantee you every third sentence said smile. Did you see it? Tonight was a good night. I think we're still in this. <laughs> but what did Trump say? Snarl, growl, turn red. See what I'm saying? We gotta be so careful. We gotta be so careful. You say, well, pastor, I think we need to fight. We need to fight wise. That's in two weeks. We gotta develop a strategy that actually leads to victory. Victory. And we gotta learn how to push forth those policies. And I think Christians are the worst, right? Proverbs 16, nine, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. Can I just tell you something, man? I've been your pastor for a long time. I think I'm pretty good at communicating, maybe just a little bit. I mean, you're here, so I gotta be right somewhat. <laughs> but you know, early on, when I learned that I was good at communicating, I actually believed I could get up and wing it and I didn't need the Lord and I'll never forget the day. We were going through a series called Five Love Languages. Our church was growing by hundreds each week. Think about a church that's growing by 30% every weekend. You know what the Lord said to me, Matt Brown? You're so good. Why don't you preach this sermon without me? I stood on the stage and I was spiritually naked. It was one of the worst sermons. I couldn't remember my words. I couldn't do anything. Suddenly this gift that God had given me, it just left the building and I stood there alone. It was so bad. It was so terrible. There's nothing like laying an egg in front of thousands of people. I don't care who you are. It's not attractive. I went out into the lobby, tried to make my way out to the parking lot. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I'll never forget this older lady found me in the parking lot. She said, Pastor Matt, I don't know what was wrong tonight, but you weren't on your game. Thank you. But you know what? She was right. You see, the blessing of Sandals Church has always been the blessing of God. And when Matt Brown thinks it's Matt Brown, the blessing of Sandals Church is gone. It's gone. 
What America needs is not a Republican president or a Democratic president. America needs God. We need a spiritual awakening where we figure out, look at the election, whether you're on the left or you're on the right, we are a mess. Third world countries do this better than us, right? There are, there are countries in Africa that are looking at us going, what's your problem? Kazakhstan is like, get it together. Isn't it amazing? We're a disaster. We're a total disaster. And you know why that is? We've forgotten how much we need God. Next, listen to this. What did Joshua do? He chose the easiest path. The easiest path. He chose the easiest path. When you go back and you look at that chapter, they say, well, don't make us all go up there. And let me tell you why. Jericho is in a valley. At the end of the valley of the city of Jericho, the Jordan River runs into a thing called the Dead Sea. It's at the, one of the lowest places on earth. Joshua's strategy to take the promised land was to attack all the people on the hills first. God said, go to Jericho first. After that, Joshua developed a strategy and said, we're gonna attack all the people on the hills. Well, why would he do that? Because on the flatlands, people had a thing called chariots with horses. It's like tanks. Okay, they were gonna lose. So they said, we'll attack all the people on the hills first. We'll fight where it's safe. But here's the thing. What's the difference between a valley and a hill? Up, up. Why don't you think they consulted God? Because if they consulted God, God would tell them to take the ark up. What is the ark? Heavy. What is it? Cumbersome. They have to hike all the way up. They have to trust God. They have to listen to God. They don't do it. They just figure it out. Hey, these guys are nothing like Jericho and they lost. Listen to me, parents, you have to teach your children to take the hard path. How do you do that? By demonstrating how to take the hard path. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Some of you parents, you're so worried about your teenagers following all their friends. All they're doing is watching mom and dad follow all their friends. Maybe your kid hasn't seen the narrow road because you're not on it. Wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And, and never forget these words. These aren't my words. This is Jesus and few find it. I is a hill about 2,500 feet. Jericho is 800 feet below sea level. They had just marched around Jericho for seven days, but now they won't march together even once. Let me say this to you. The right thing is usually the harder thing. If the right thing was always easy, people would do it. The hard choice is usually the right choice. Last, Joshua didn't seek spiritual direction. He didn't. He didn't ask God. He didn't listen to God. He got full of himself. He won one battle. He thought he would never lose. Not only did he not consult God, he didn't even invite God to the fight. And so many of you, you, you come to church for us to fix your problems. You've made all these dumb decisions. Now you wanna ask God to fix your pattern of decision-making. You want God to wave his magic wand and fix your marriage when you've made thousands of decisions to screw it up. 
You've led your kid to love things, love vacations, love the river, love the ocean. And then all of a sudden they're 18 and they don't wanna, uh, uh, they don't wanna go to church and you want me to pray over them and get them to love God. Let me tell you something. You gotta learn to invite God to the party. You gotta learn to invite God in the process. And do you know why we don't invite God? Because many of us already know what God's gonna say. Some of the most famous kings in Israel's history say, don't bring Elijah. That guy never tells me what I wanna hear. Give me a prophet who says some good news. Right, we choose the prophets who tell us what we wanna hear, not the prophet of God who tells us what we need to hear. Let me tell you this, the bigger your decision is, the more spiritual direction you need. What decision are you facing? What choice are you confronted with? Some of the worst decisions I've made in my life have when I've said, I'm gonna go with my gut on this one. Don't go with your gut, go with God. Trust God. In order to make sense of political outcomes, I gotta realize, you're not gonna like this point, but it's so good. <laughs> God, what are you doing? Why is 2020 so hard? Why is the election so crazy? God wants to expose unhealthy emotions through unwanted outcomes. Right? If you don't believe me, drive on a freeway. <laughs> What's that person doing? That was an unexpected outcome. What are they doing? What's going on? Right? I mean, everybody's distracted by you. You're distracted by everybody else. Pay attention. I mean, here's what happens when something doesn't go your way, you lose your mind. Some of you lose your mind before the sun comes up. You go crazy. You act like an infant. You ever seen a two-year-old? Two-year-olds amaze me. Two-year-olds have a supernatural, supernatural, uh, powerful, powerful gift from God to literally act like they're dying in an instant. You know, and if you have a two-year-old, just do this. Have four cookies in your hand and give them three. And then withhold the fourth, fourth cookie and say you've had enough. They will act like invisible creatures are stabbing them on the ground and they will roll around in all kinds of agonizing pain. That's cute when you're two, but not when you're 20, not when you're 40, not when you're 60, not when you're 80. What are you doing? Joshua 7, six through nine. Joshua and the elders of Israel, the elders, the, our church is led by elders. Great, listen to these elders. They tore their clothing. They freaked out in dismay. I don't care how many leaders you have in your church. It, yeah, they can all be idiots. Joshua, the elders of Israel, tore their clothing in dismay. They threw dust on their heads. They bowed their face to the ground. No, now we want the ark, amen. Not when we made the decision, right? We're not gonna get married in the church, but we're gonna run to the church when things are falling apart. I mean, it's amazing when we, need, we think we need God. I actually got a phone call this week from a politician on my phone who left a voicemail. I'm pretty sure they were drunk. And if I told you what they were calling about, you would laugh. It's amazing how people want God in their lives when things are falling apart, but not when things are good, not when we're winning, I'll go my way. Joshua and the elders tore their clothing in dismay. They threw dust on their heads. They bowed their face to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Sounds like election night, amen? Then Joshua cried out, oh, sovereign Lord. Oh, I love this. Right, when all else fails, blame God. 
Why did you, God, bring us across the Jordan River if you're gonna let the Amorites kill us? What are you doing? What's happening to America? Where's the world going? How will I raise my children? Like you've never consulted God once when things were good. Now it doesn't go your way and it's all God's fault. Isn't that amazing? You won't worship God once when the sun comes up, once when you get a raise, once when you get married, once when you get a, when it, when, when you get a job, once when you're healthy, every day of your life, but you get sick. God, where are you? Listen to what they say. If only we'd been content to stay on the other side. Isn't it amazing? It doesn't matter how powerful you are. Even Joshua became an idiot when things didn't go his way. Lord, what can I now say? that Israel has fled their enemies. Joshua goes from a hero to a zero in one battle. One battle, in one election, in one outcome. God is great, where is God? In one election. For when all the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe us out. Wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen? Listen to this. And then will what happen to the honor of your great name, God? Joshua just played dirty. Lord, this is really about you. Your integrity's on the line, God. Your power, your glory. You know, God uses a political loss to help me overcome some of my unhealthy emotions. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know, I don't know who's gonna win. God doesn't tell me. But some of you, this election has literally produced the devil inside you. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, in your anger, do not sin. Well, I'm angry. Okay, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Maybe there's a reason you can't sleep because God doesn't want you to go to sleep with you inviting the devil into your house. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and don't give the devil a foothold. Don't. Listen to me, one time Tammy and I were going through some difficulties in our marriage. We had some disagreements. And I know some of you are new to Christianity and so this might freak you out a little bit, but I hope it does. But I was awakened in the middle of the night with an uncomfortable feeling. I couldn't sleep. And so finally I woke up and above our bed, above our bed, hovering above it, I saw a black cloud full of purple lightning, and within it, I saw a raging monster. It was terrifying. And I heard the Lord say, this is what you've invited into your home. And so I prayed over Tammy because we know she was the problem. <laughs> right, you know who I prayed for, myself, myself. Some of you, you think bitterness has just ruined your physical health. Oh, it's invited a spiritual demon into your home. Listen to me, God wants me to be in touch with my emotions, but he does not want me to be controlled by them. That's why the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Some of you, I know you're angry. Some of you are so upset. I was watching a, 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 um, a live news broadcast. I don't know if you saw it, that white dude just ripped off his mask and just screamed for all to see. This election has been stolen, and he just walked off. I don't wanna be that guy. But if I just listen to my emotions, I can be the idiot of the day. 
pray for me. You don't want me to be the dumbest guy on any given news cycle, amen? Let's all pray for Pastor Matt. So maybe God is using this election to get you to finally deal with all the unhealthy anger you've stored up for all your life. And the Lord's like, let's kick the devil out. Let's kick the devil out. Next, God uses political losses to help me overcome my unhealthy fear and anxiety. What is 2020 teaching you? Your anxiety will not go away until you begin to deal with it. I was literally speaking this week with a young woman in our church. Life's ahead of her. Life is good, talented, amazing, gifted, overwhelmed with anxiety and fear. And I just said to her, what do you have to worry about? Your whole life is ahead of you. She's terrified. And let me tell you what I told her. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Jesus asks a question. If you're struggling with anxiety right now, Jesus asks you this question. What good does worry do? Jesus is asking you right now, will worry fix the situation? No, it actually makes it worse. If you pray, if you ask God, if you seek him, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what I've had to do this week? Pray. Pray. Because I've been anxious. And I have to go to the Lord. I don't know if you've been listening to our series, but our pastor has been preaching a dynamic sermon series <laughs> where he's been challenging us to see, listen to this, to see the election through the eyes of God. And I said, Lord, I don't want to listen to that sermon. I don't want to listen to that pastor. And I heard God say, you got to practice what you preach. And you know why? Because it's true. It's true. Can I just tell you, when my emotions get the best of me, no one does. No one does. Last thing I want you to think about, God uses political losses to help me overcome my unhealthy discouragement. I just want to put some things in perspective. The people of God wander in the wilderness for 40 years. The people of God can't swim. God parts the Jordan River. They walk across the Jordan River on dry land. God sends spies into Jericho and Rahab says, we're gonna surrender because we know God's on your side. They march around Jericho for six days, say nothing. One day they shout, the walls fall, they conquer it. God has done amazing things. They, want, they lose one battle, one battle. Oh, by the way, to a city called Trash. Where are you, God? Freaking out, losing their minds. This election is one battle, one battle, regardless of the side that you're on. It does not determine the final battle. And some of you are like, the world's gonna end. The world doesn't end until God says it ends. And some of us, man, we're watching the news. You are paying more attention to the news than you are to the word of God. So the people of God, they conquered Jericho. Achan sins. We're gonna talk about him next week. Achan sins. He steals that which has been set apart for God. God says, I don't care about the victory. I care about your righteousness. You see, we're focused on winners. God is focused on sinners. 
They don't think they need God. They go to I, they get their tails whipped. They get whipped. Literally the town called the dump chases them all the way down the hill. Joshua freaks out, Joshua cries out. What did God call Joshua to do in Joshua 1.9? Have I not commanded you? You remember how many times God told Joshua to be brave? Three times. Be strong and courageous. Don't whimper, don't cry. Don't act like I haven't led you. Don't act like I don't love you. God says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua's crying. Their clothes are torn. What are we gonna do? I want you to listen to these words of God and never forget them. You know what God says? I'm so sorry you're feeling too hurt. I'm so sorry you're angry. I'm so sorry you're upset. I'm so sorry you're discouraged. God says, get up, get up. Stop whimpering, stop crying. Stop being so focused on what you can see. Get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? And some of you are whimpering and you act like it's all over. We're not even close to it being over. You don't even know how the outcome of this election is gonna be. You don't even know. Israel lost one little battle and they were ready to give up. Listen to me, God's people. Sometimes we have to lose so God can teach us how to win. Get up, stop moping, stop complaining. I mean, I don't wanna go to church this week. God lost. (laughs) My God never loses. His people do, his people do, because they don't listen. God says, get up, stop moping, stop complaining, stop crying, and start doing what I've always called you to do. You know what that is? Listen to me, listen to me. You gotta get back to the ark. You gotta get back to the covenants. You gotta know what God's called you to to be and you gotta start doing what God's called you to do. Get up, stop moaning, stop complaining and start trusting. Some of you are listening to your anger, you're listening to your discouragement, you're listening to your anxiety and you're not listening to God. God says, get up, get going and do what I've called you to do. I told you in this election, no matter who wins, it doesn't change what you and I are called to do. We're called to love Democrats. We're called to love Republicans. We're called to lead people to Christ. Get up, quit moping, and get involved on the right team, the team that never loses, the team that follows Jesus. Look, I love you so much, and I know so many of you are so anxious and so worried. And I just wanna pray over you right now. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I'm gonna walk you through a prayer for your anger, a prayer for your anxiety and fear, and a prayer for your discouragement. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you would sift the enemy from our lives. Anger is not our weapon when we sleep on it. It is the enemy's weapon. Take this out of our hands because it will ruin our souls and destroy our families. Lord, bind the enemy from our home, bind the enemy from our heart, And God, let us once again give you our anger. Lord, I pray for those of us who are overwhelmed with anxiety and fear. And God, I know this feels so so just disabling, God. Lord, you know that I struggle with these issues. Lord, you said in your word that we are to be anxious in nothing, 
but in everything to pray and give petitions before you. And then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. Lord, we ask that right now in Jesus' name. Calm our anxiety. Speak to our fears. Help us to trust you. And God, for those who are discouraged one way or another, help us to put our attention and focus back on you because you have called us to a different battle. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Pastor Matt continues to challenge us to look to God and not politics. I want to also challenge you today. Who do you have in your life who can help you walk through hard times and the emotions that come with them? Community is so essential for our life and living out our faith. If you're ready to connect with people and start a group, head to sandalschurch.com next. And we would love to help you make that happen. If you're a guy out there, there's a great opportunity just for you that's coming up this weekend as we launch our Sandals Church Men's Unconference. <laughs> that's a conference most men want to go to, an unconference. It's not your typical virtual conference, but it's a, it's a great opportunity to grab a couple of guys in your life and spend a day hearing some real and raw talk. Check it out, sandalschurch.com unconference. And this entire election series has been awesome. I mean, it's been amazing. And I, and I want to ask you, has it blessed you? Has the messages, the series, the, the work of God through Sandals Church, has it impacted you and your family? And if the answer is yes, then I would like to invite you to give a gift. Listen, maybe some of you have given before and you had to stop because of COVID or some other circumstance. And for whatever reason, you can't give as much as you used to, or you may be thinking, I can't give that much, so it's not gonna make a difference. Here's what I want you to know. Every gift counts. Every gift that you give allows us to continue taking this message of truth, hope, love, joy to the world. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to take out your phone and text GIVE to 951-900-4120. We made it safe, easy, and secure to enable the Word of God to continue. Thank you for giving. As we finish out our time with worship and singing, I want you to reflect on what God is going to do during this time. Let's worship. As we move into this time of worship, I just feel like we're supposed to meditate and reflect on the faithfulness and the greatness of God. And to meditate simply just means to think intentionally and repetitively over something. And today we're going to do that over God who is good, who is faithful, who is a God who has promised to keep his word and never changes. He doesn't go back. And if that was you as Pastor Matt was praying for anxiety, for anger, for worry, I want to ask that as we sing these words over you, that you would open up your heart to remember how God has been faithful, how he's been faithful to you personally. Has he healed your sick? Has he met you in the moments where you felt the lowest, where you felt swallowed up by depression? Have there been prayers that you have prayed for years and today is the day that you need to remember that he has answered those prayers? 
We're gonna cling to his faithfulness and place our hope in him because he's the only thing that can come through for us. He's the only thing that matters. He's the only thing that is worth our hope and our trust. And we're gonna sing a new song. It's, it's a new song so these words might seem new and fresh, but they're words that we've sung for thousands and thousands of years as a church that our God is faithful, that he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He's true to his word. And as we sing, meditate on his faithfulness, on his goodness, on who he has been to you, a God who is good, who will never let us down. So let's worship him. Let's sing. Stand fast and let my 
Oh, 
Sandals Church family. Thanks so much for being here today. We are the church. I don't know if you know that, but we are the church and we are God's plan A for the hope of the world. There is no plan B. Regardless of whatever happens on this earth, we have the hope of the world because we have Jesus, who is the only hope. If you would love to connect with me, go ahead and email me at pastorjeff at sandalschurch.com. I'd love to say hello. I'd love to connect with you. Until then, go be the church and not just the church. Go be the real church. We'll see you next time.